welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded uh, once again at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, although I may have to change that uh, designation. Editor of PW Comics World and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publisherswiki.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget, you can let us know how we're doing by leaving us a comment or a rating or some method of letting us know what you think of us, because we love to hear from our listeners. All right. So drop us a note, why don't you? All right. This week on More to Come, the top 10 issues looking back on a tumultuous 2022. 2022 tumult. That's right. And Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Um, New New Year. As we all know, I mean, the last year was what it was. You can only hope the next one will be better. Well, you know, we will soon find out. Uh, well, I mean, it, each thing in its turn can get a little better, even as new bad stuff pops up. Yeah. I mean, we're now sitting here with no masks and not terrified. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> and, and you this, take what you can get. Yeah. I mean, hey, at least we're not in the House of Representatives. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. But that's a whole well, other story. Well, we have our, yeah. And uh, we definitely had a lot of stuff happen. If you know, if you're a regular listener, we sat here and we broke it down for you every other week or so. Uh, but we have, I think these are like, you know, this is by no means the only news, but these are probably the 10 most substantial stories, uh, the biggest stories of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and they, some of them are stories that we reported on multiple times. Some of them are stories that we reported on once, but have continued to have repercussions. Yeah. And, there, and in some cases, there are multiple events under each of these uh, uh, broader topics. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, listeners, if you are just tuning in for the first time since 2021, <laughs> um, you know, unless you want to go back and listen to one of our back interviews, which are always awesome, uh, you can catch up with us right here, right now. All right. Well, let's get this show on the road. So, yeah, the biggest story of the year uh, was undoubtedly the ongoing challenges against uh, freedom of speech and libraries uh, uh, launched by a variety of special interest groups. And uh, graphic novels, sadly, were in the forefront of these books that were being banned. And um, Amaya Kobabe's Genderqueer, the number one banned book Mm -hmm. in the nation for 21 and almost certainly in 22, and just a political hot topic, uh, just... And, Unbelievable, and and, uh, and 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 some victories yes. in this uh, yeah. in this unfortunate culture war. Uh, Gender queer won a really important um, court ruling uh, yes. with the assistance and the support of the uh, Comic Book Legal De- the Defense Fund and Jeff Trexler. Um, yeah. They've support, won their court challenge. Support your local Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and as we know, also librarians who have also been bearing the brunt of these kinds of attacks, uh, they're, they're ready for a fight, ready for the fight. Mm-hmm. And they're organizing 
to fight the censorship of these Well, they are ready for the fight, but I have to say, you know, so many librarians are friends of this podcast, friends of uh, PW Comics World, and, um, you know, just hearing their stories this year, I wrote uh, the story about this for PW earlier in the year, and just listening to their stories, and, you know, hearing these, these you know, smart, passionate, literacy-promoting people, suddenly some of them you know, quitting, accused of, you know, accused on social media of, of horrible crimes. And, you know, it just, the, just. The silly grooming smear. Yes, they're saying that they're grooming pedophiles and uh, all this. It's, the it's, attacks on, uh, drag queen, um, story hours. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Anything LGBT suddenly got yes. a target painted back on it. I mean, not painted on us for the first time. No. But, uh, you know, the target's back with a vengeance. Always fun. Oh, yes. And if you happen to be on a school board last year, you probably don't want to be on a school board next year because everybody's least favorite kooks and book banners have realized that they can harass local school boards, yeah. uh, even if it's not their school board, with just whatever crazy conspiracy theory they have about whatever book this month. Yeah. And, and then maybe and- they'll get on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And, and alongside uh, a book like Genderqueer, uh, the backlist as well. Mouse, Art Spiegelman's acclaimed uh, Holocaust memoir, uh, very early in 2022, mm. was targeted in, in Tennessee, or a Tennessee mm-hmm. school board. If yeah, I, if for, for like, you know, obscenity, because there's one yes. nude picture. I mean, you know, that's and the thing. Ugh. It's not even a human actual photograph. It's a cartoon that's not very explicit. You know, it, that, I, in, in a lot of places... The books are withstanding the challenges, um, the legal, yes. you know, mm-hmm. the legal decisions have, uh, most of them have been for literacy, but there have been setbacks, yeah. especially yeah. in Texas and Florida, sure. go figure. So, um, you know, it's <clears throat> ongoing and there's been fighting back. I, I, I do think the big story for 23, I, unfortunately, I do think this is good. I was hoping the midterms would end it, but it looks like this is going to continue to be a big story, uh, is that we're really all going to have to get involved. Yeah, you know, this is not, we can't allow just the librarians, although they are a wonderful group to be on the front line of this, but you know, they need our help. They need our support. Uh, you know, sane people need to join school boards. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, unfortunately, where we find ourselves, it's, it's going to take a a village. Uh, It's going to take a big group effort to dig us out of this. And people need to vote for sane political candidates. I'm not going to say Republican or Democrat, but you know what? Um, the crazies uh, are really putting a strain on the system. Right. And it's not just the crazies. The thing <clears> I think <throat> that a lot of us sane people of either party have not done is pay attention to the very, very small local elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that is where a lot of this book banning is taking place are the the smaller elected positions that most people don't think about. You know, you get some very, very dedicated sensor types in there and it makes life difficult for everyone who just sort of figured that this election didn't matter. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. just, um, I will say though, this is just what I'm trying to see the most ba- other books that are on there, but, uh, I, I, there's just a, unfortunately a lot of graphic novels on the most banned books list. Oh. And, uh, this is really going to affect comics. Yeah. And I should also remember graphic novels are almost always among the mm-hmm. top yes. banned books and challenge, books challenged in the library. You know, whether there's a culture war going on or not. I mean, in fact, 
what you can say, it is a perpetual culture war going on mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah. It has been for years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I think sometimes the, it flares up from cold oh, war yeah. to hot and, war. And, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I'm not really sure why that is, but my guess would be because it's very easy for someone just at a glance to have something that they can point to in front of everybody in a comic because it's a visual medium and, you know, you can see things over a kid's shoulder. Mm. But LG, LGBTQ issues continue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Raina's books, uh, especially drama, mm-hmm. yeah. are repeatedly challenged in libraries. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's a kiss. You know, there's so just, you know, how stupid these people are, though. Uh, there, I saw on Twitter, uh, which, you know, boy, that's not on our story list, but what a story that is. Uh, like, just people dissing on Star Trek Discovery, saying it's woke garbage. Oh, it's, and I'm like, do it's you a cartoon. Know, do you know oh, what the original one. Star Trek was in its time? Do you not? It was woke before it there was woke. It was woke before it was, I mean, before it was, it was such woke. a groundbreaking show. I used to watch it as a kid. It was my favorite show. And, well, and not only that, I mean, <laughs> if you are complaining that modern Star Trek occasionally gets into clumsy storytelling oh in order God. to make a moral point, oh my you God. have not seen some of the more well-intentioned but worse-written original Star Trek episodes. And I mean, Star Trek uh, Next Generation was just as ha- heavy-handed with its messages of, sure. I mean, of peaceful oh, that's what, that's connoitering. Set, that's what Con- set Star Trek apart, that's among what, other things. Yeah. It's, it's like, anyway, but, I, but yeah, anyway. you know, anyway, it's a time waste. It's all just a time waste. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, the second story, Calvin, you want to do this? Well, I think certainly, we, I think we'd all agree, one of the biggest stories of the year is the return of live events. Absolutely. Uh, at, Absolutely. At, our, at, our, at our comics, arts festivals, at our mega cons. Um, book signings, book fairs, Brooklyn Book Fair, uh, you name it. Um, yeah. uh, Mocha, uh, was back this year in a new venue. Um, I've got a story about it somewhere. <laughs> um, and of course, Heidi, you were, uh, at San Diego. I was there. Yes. Uh, we were all at New York Comic Con. Uh, Kate? Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't that there weren't any Comic Cons in 2021. No, there weren't. It's just that this year things were back at full force. Yes. 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 No, like, very good point. Like in 2021, there was a lot of like, well, at least there's a show. Yeah. You know, it's half size or not everybody's there or, you know, the big guests aren't there. But 2022, back to normal except for the masks. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah. I mean, it's back to normal. I mean, I don't think there is any normal anymore. Well, but what I mean but, yeah. is full size. Yes. That's what I mean. Full yeah. scale. Yes. Well, you know, but, maybe different, but it's the same size. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I run a year-end survey of creators on the beat every year, and so many of them mention the return to live events. And, uh, you know, I think of the comics industry really is a big community. Mm-hmm. You know, fans are a community. Creators are a community. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's, it's a really, really strong part of this, this art form of this industry, and it really was important for people to get back together and, See each other face to face. It was yeah. really yes. just that community part of it that I think meant so much to so many people. Well, it's yeah. the community part and also there's something that cannot be replicated online yet about what a Comic Con and an Artist Alley does for the, the newer creators. Because, you know, you can have a virtual you know, artist alley, but it's not the same. There's nothing like going to a convention 
walking the halls and seeing some mm-hmm. amazing new book that you would not have tripped over online. Absolutely. You would not have heard of. But you see it there in person and you're like, hey, that looks amazing. And, you know, two years down the road, that person has a very successful comic career. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, you can't replicate you that can't online. Do, and it's you, not the same. You can't Absolutely. replicate the serendipitous meetings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote about this again. I wrote about uh, New York Comic Con in San Diego for the for Publishers Weekly. Uh, did previews that everybody mentioned. Uh, you know, I talked to publishers, talked to business people, and that's just what they missed. They missed the in-person schmoozing. And, you know, because surprises, the surprises come out of it that sure. are very unexpected. And Calvin, you and I helped... Uh, put together with uh, uh, Milton Greep, uh, put together the first real business conference uh, at New oh, York yeah, Comic Con. Insider Talks. Insider Talks. Yeah, the, yeah. too. Which had also um, kind of disappeared from the mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and I will also mention, uh, you did a story in June of 2022, the return of some comics festivals, mm-hmm. which kind of looked into you know, the continuing difficulties among some shows. But really, um, the, the ability for, look, this, uh, the fan community is about seeing people, yeah. seeing their authors, seeing artists, uh, actors, uh, you know, cosplayers. Yeah. Uh, you cannot replace that, uh, with an you online can't. show. You just can't. Right. And also, I think one way that's very beneficial to, just anybody in the comics industry, be it us in in comics press or, you know, all the various people in the shops and in the publishers, is that when you're on the floor, you can see the temperature of, mm-hmm. of the comics mm-hmm. public. Yeah. You know, it's not just a one or two people who are very, very active on, on social media. It's you see the crowds. You see what they're dressed as. You see what they're responding to. You see which panels are packed that you never would have expected to be packed or which ones are deserted, which were huge a year ago. Like, you you can literally see the motions of the crowds and read the crowds in a way that is huge and beneficial. Yeah, you see people lined yeah. up to get for something, and you're like, what is that? And you find something brand new that you never heard Absolutely. of before. Right, at the at the comics arts festivals, I mean that's where we go yeah. to look to see what's the new quirky, interesting, fun. Yeah, you know, and, and you know that was the point of my. It's out there. My story was about uh, comics festivals that weren't, you know, like they they're in 2019. There was a very robust slate of comics festivals from TCAP, yeah. MoCA, mm-hmm. SPX, but also Cala and LA. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brooklyn uh, Book Fest, uh, Brooklyn Comic Arts. Yeah. Uh, and then so many other shows and I kind of investigated all of them or as many as I could. And a lot of them have not announced returns yet, but you know, they're slowly coming back online, but, uh, you know, small, small events were, were definitely impacted yeah. a lot. Now, small now, events have small budgets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now Kelvin yes. and also, uh, just, um, personnel attrition, you know, yeah. like everything mm-hmm. has shifted so much. So a lot of people just moved away. Now, Calvin, I don't know if you can speak to this, but there are rumors that, uh, you know, the book show, there might be a book show in 2023. Yeah. I mean, from as far as I know, the U.S. book show, which uh, Publishers Weekly sponsors and mm-hmm. Publishers Weekly does it by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is uh, as best as it can be a replacement for book expo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, 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 as I understand it, it is scheduled again. We have done it. This will be the third, third year, year yes. in a row. Uh, it has turned out to be an incredibly popular online event. 
I think, and I'm speaking out of turn here, so it, this could be wrong. Pure speculation. That, that they're We're going to have some sort of an in-person event. It's not going to be, you mm-hmm. know, the Javits Center. Uh, I think they're going to have something where there'll still be a major online book show, but there will be, uh, it'll be a hybrid event. There'll yeah. be some mm-hmm. live events. There'll be some panels. Uh, there'll probably be a hotel reception of some kind, but this is all speculation. All now. speculation. Calvin yes. doesn't really know anything. I don't and, know, but uh, I've heard talk. Georgia. There's been talk. <clears throat> I mean, there's been talk, talk. from yeah. high places that uh, they're considering things. But. Yes, as as they say on YouTube, allegedly, allegedly yeah. for entertainment purposes only. Exactly. Yeah. And also, it could not happen at all. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there well, will, there will be an online show for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, I think that's. An interesting, yeah. you know, certainly yeah. a big development, and you well, know, with people, some of these items, as we'll get to, just what we're talking about. Yeah, if people want events. Mm-hmm. They want in in their industry, in their group, in their category. They want a place to meet face to face. Yeah, so. and speaking of events, uh, just a segue here. Our number three story mm-hmm. was the manga boom continuing, and Anime NYC was bigger than ever. Uh it was a vet came yeah. roaring back and uh Kate, did you get you got did you get to go or not? Did you I did not okay. get to go because I uh suspected I had COVID. Oh that's oh, right. That's there right. was a big yeah. COVID uh scare. We we got hit by COVID here at, at Publishers Weekly that For particular sure. week. Mm-hmm. Uh Calvin Yeah, because I was on the floor Cal- yeah. when on he found- Saturday. Uh, at, um, and added my, my seat and I felt fine. I didn't have a mask on the entire time. Uh, and no, excuse me, on Friday I was in. Yeah. And by Saturday I, I like couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Well, and so I found out Saturday morning and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to Anime NYC this weekend because, uh, listeners, I and Heidi had met with Calvin within the infection window for that period of time. Yeah. So that's yeah. what happened. Uh, so, uh, I mean, oh, so I mean, I went before I but found out about know. that. No, I went and I didn't know. But yes, it was certainly a big show. But anyway, yeah. the reason I bring it up is that, you know, the manga sales boom continued this oh, yeah. year. Absolutely. There was, yeah. No, um, yeah, and, and you can go to a manga is booming by Deb Oki <laughs> or, or, or published in April at publishersweekly.com slash comics or go to the search engine on PW. And that boom just continued. But, uh, you know, I'll read you a quote from the story here. Um, uh, this is from Masai uh, Shimizu at, uh, Square Enix, uh, manga and books, their U.S. Uh, office for Square Enix manga. The manga market has grown so much in the last two years that it's now at its highest level by far, more than 2.5 times larger than the earlier sales peak back in 2007, a previous time when manga sort of dominated graphic novel sales. And uh, uh, all of these publishers go on to talk about how explosive the sales were over the pandemic and how it's carried over mm. to now. So yeah, yeah, this uh, is you, not just inflation. No, I mean yeah. here's a story no. about sales in Japan. Obviously, it's uh, continuing there, but um, Jujutsu Kaisen was the number one seller there with uh, two million sold. Number two, I mean Jujutsu Kaisen number eighteen. Okay, yeah. uh, One Piece continues to sell millions of copies. Uh, Every issue, uh, you know, Chainsaw Man was a huge hit here. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, I'm not even uh, a manga expert. I just have eyes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you walk, if you go through the manga is booming article, I mean, you have people saying how the books that used to sell a couple of hundred, you know, backlist titles used to sell a couple hundred titles a year 
were suddenly telling three or four thousand copies a month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think manga is such an influence. Manga and anime are such an influence at this time that their 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 uh, secondary uh, impact and influence on the culture has become even broader. Yeah, yeah, we are really seeing um, just mainstream acceptance of uh, manga and anime influence them. I mean, they are just you know, it's like I mean Godzilla, for instance. Yeah. You know, like Japanese sure. kaiju movies were accepted in the fifties. Sure, and sometimes you, something becomes part of the world culture. Yes, it's. I mean, they're they're really part of the world culture, and uh it's wonderful hey bring yeah. it on uh and if, wonderful if I may point out if you yeah. go to publisherswithy.com slash comics you'll see pw's uh top 15 most read stories and one of them of course is uh yes manga is booming um but it's also talking about manga winning new york comic-con mm-hmm. manga winning you know manga sales uh, uh at the various conventions it goes on yeah. and on and on and on yeah. so yeah so yeah a big year for manga Next on the list, book sales, mm. supply chain issues. Oh yeah. Um, you know, book sales have been down, although I think for the last holiday period, um, uh, I don't have the, it, the article in front of me, but I think that there was, as there almost always is in the last quarter, a rebound, a huge explosion of sales. But, um, which is great. Even as sales have declined, uh, my understanding is they still remain above pre pandemic levels. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's quite possible that some of that decline has to do with the supply chain shortages because yes. more than a lot of industries, other than say the recliner industry of, or the cat food industry, uh, printed books, be they graphic novels or regular novels, have been particularly hard hit by supply chain issues because they've got supply chain problems all along the way. They, the paper is produced in one country. The printing is usually done in another. And often a lot of printing of visual books was being done overseas in China. And, you know, shipping delays from such a long distance. I mean, I, I just, listeners, just earlier today, I was uh, seeing fans very disappointed in the fact that Seven Seas had to push their publishing schedule mm-hmm. back a little bit in order to accommodate just the demands of printing things um you know it's not nobody's fault it's just if the books aren't there on the shelf people aren't going to buy them yep. and it's not even just the physical shelf like amazon will run out of stuff yeah like uh coffee lids uh yeah. as i found out <laughs> yeah. when i went to the amazon <laughs> go around the corner this was, of course, a major topic at the Insider Talks we mentioned yes. earlier that Milton Grieve uh, and ICB2 put on at the, the um, this year's New York Comic Con. Um, supply chain problems continue to challenge publishers and un- un- are unlikely to improve anytime soon. Yeah, this is kind of here to stay. I mean, we are, this is, you know, there's no going back to normal. There's no going back to December 2019. We are in a new world and, uh, that's just how things, that's just how it, it shakes out. Now, people have learned. I, 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 you know, I'm going to be the glass half fuller here. It is really, like I said, it's very important to note that books are doing better than they were in 2019 still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was this one story about how Barnes and Noble, has really rebounded under their new guy, James Don. And point. they are planning to open 30 stores yeah. in 2023. Um, and which is, 
amazing, a fantastic, just, you know, the best news, you know, comic shops definitely are expanding as well. Um, you know, successful stores are opening new outlets and, you know, we, the, if there, this pandemic proved anything, it's that people like reading physical books and they like to go to a bookstore and buying physical books. And, you know, the supply chain is such that if there's one little setback, it creates a ripple and it's hard to, you know, it can be a lot of setbacks from that, but people are muddling through. Yes. And readers are still reading. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of it is I think some of those readers don't vanish. They just buy an ebook, um, even if they would prefer a physical book. And some of it is people buy a different book sometimes. But, you know, what's not necessarily obvious to the reader is that a publishing calendar of a physical book as opposed to an ebook is quite long. Mm -hmm. Like from, mm -hmm. from the day that the book is turned in, final copy by the creators, to the day it's on the shelf, can be like a year and so when you figure you know that entire time span has any number of things in the process of creation that could get delayed you can see how we're still feeling the effects of 2020 and now it's, and it's really just um you know like again the way things are i mean i i've joked about this and i have brought it up here a few times but uh you know there was a cat food shortage and they said <laughs> They said, I would ask every time, just because I like to see the faces. I said, where is the fancy feast? And they'd be like, and they'd said, it won't be back until the end of the year. And, you know, darned if I didn't go into PetSmart uh, in December and there was shelves were overflowing with fancy feast. So just as they predicted. So, you know, these are, there's no unknowns and no knowns about this, but it's the unknown unknowns that we always go. have to worry about. Yeah, we were joking about um, how it was totally pointless for us to do a looking ahead at 2023 episode because we don't know what's going to happen in 2023. <laughs> it's all any speculation we had would just be a reflection of this list we're telling you right now yeah. and us going, gee, I wonder what will happen next year. Yeah. All right. Well, at number five, uh, we have. The only situation. Yeah. So this was, uh, now we're drilling down a little bit, but yeah, venerable publisher Oni. Yeah. What um, the? The publisher of, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, yeah, and genderqueer. Uh, and gen, and genderqueer. Well, genderqueer was, well, Lion Forge, yeah. yes. And I know that they're one company now. Yes. But, you know, we, we look at a jaundice yes. eye and yes. merger some, to some degree. And any number of cult classics from the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, not that they, stopped then just that that is the age at which Oni was most iconic in my memory yeah so sure. they went through a period where uh they the publisher or the editor-in-chief the publisher who had been there for a long time james lucas jones and the vp of biz dev operations charlie chu were both let go for reasons we still actually don't know why mm. they were actually let no. go and then it was pegged as layoffs and then they kind of laid off the whole rest of the company yeah and then they Produced a ridiculous statement on Twitter, but when people became angered that these industry, you know, beloved industry figures like like Henry Barajas and Alex yeah, Segura, and Alex Segura, who was were, a VP there, was a VP, were let go, and they released a really idiotic statement that they immediately regretted, and uh, then it just kind of went into darkness. But at the end of the year, yeah. there was kind of a re building refocus when they announced that Hunter Gordonson and who's a respected industry <laughs> figure will be taking over as publisher and doing everything <laughs> and doing everything he's yes yes uh, but that's all right they they 
there's some signs of life. Yeah, signs yeah. of life. And, uh, but you know, it was really one of those stories where every week and you know, every day you're like, well, they did what? What? Who quit today? Who got laid off today? Because, yeah. uh, yeah. It was very much the same situation as, ironically, given where we got the news on Oni, uh, Twitter at the moment, <laughs> where every week you hear more people leaving and you go, is there anybody left? Like, who's left? They're like, literally, literally, yeah. literally, we are trying to figure out by doing some subtraction. How many people are still left? Uh, Oni was doing that one. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see they're hopefully coming out into rebuild mode, but it was uh, definitely doing that and, spiral. Uh, yeah, and you know, I think, but I will say looking forward, uh, he, you know, the rumor is still that uh, they will be sold by the parent company, which is uh, kind of polarity, which is kind of a... Mm-hmm media development company they have an animation arm and everything so that's kind of the rumor and uh you know that could be the big story of 23 well they have a strong backlist yeah they do a strong backlist yeah all right so aftershock yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah i don't yeah (laughs) well if you listen to our last time that we all got together which was to have been our year in review Mm -hmm. Uh, episode, but then there was just too much news, and we had to review the week instead of reviewing the year. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, so this really is very fresh. But aftershock, which is a fairly prominent, uh, you know, like Diamond, they they the Diamond just announced that they were some kind of like you know special company. They a few companies that aren't premier publishers. Don't ask me what that is, but they I could I know, but it's too hard to explain. Um, anyway, they got some special dispensation from Diamond, so they, you know, they have some prominence, and they have declared bankruptcy. They have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and I, I, um, give our colleagues at Pop First credit there, because they've been digging into all the filings and found out that they have a $16 million debt, uh, oh, that came due, and they've defaulted on, and there is a 200-page filing oh. about that lawsuit, which mm. I haven't even looked at, i got to be honest. But uh, apparently Neither they <laughs> put up the as collateral for the loan, they put up their IP. Mm. So that never works out well for creators. And, no. you know, if you Not are listening good. and you have an agent, make sure... You get a bankruptcy clause in your contract. A lot of times you don't get it. And if you really think you have participation or quote ownership, unquote, of your creations, you want to get that bankruptcy. Right. And you especially want to get that in the comic industry because I'm sorry, comic industry, but it's a very tumultuous industry. It is. A lot of small publishers open and close and you really need to protect yourself. And also, if you are from a law podcast or you are a lawyer and you are listening to this episode and you would like to uh give us your thoughts or opinions on any legal advice you would like to put into the ether for uh comic creators everywhere you know hit us up yeah let us know um i want to point out that they did file chapter 11 so that is you reorganize you continue operating and you reorganize and um so, you know, it's not that chapter 13, which is no return. I mean, hope they, they think they can come back and they, that's a little segue here. So in a statement, they said, um, you know, we still have properties in development and we're going to make announcements any day uh, now with like a gambler's, a gambler's optimism, I think. Mm. And 
you know, the real thing, because it wasn't just Aftershock. You know, we heard that Heavy Metal had some issues. Uh, we, Calvin found that out live while yeah. we were recording last time. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, AMC yeah. ended Air- pretty much as ended their graphic novels, yeah. uh, publishing, um, the, you know. Uh, the layoffs of the founding editor at, dead rec- at, at dead, dead Reckoning, Reckoning. The, uh, at the Naval Institute Press. Yeah, and just a lot of yeah. rumors of other companies yeah. that are, you know, having some issues here and there and spottiness. And, you, you know, this is a lot of this. The biggest, you know, this is the biggest media story of 22 and really affected comics. And I, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, Netflix get in or, you know, Netflix downfall. But, you know, Netflix really, the streaming get in where they just, uh, Netflix is like we are, you know, oh, I guess we need some ads because we're losing money. And uh, they really shut down a lot of sh- um, production, not spending as much money, although we haven't really seen that yet. But they're, you know, n- streamers are not buying as much IP and a lot of comics companies were relying on that revenue mm. to keep going. And so that's affected a lot of people. It's the same story, the same old story that indeed was happening with a, a lot of indie publishers that have recently sprung up, which is there was a bubble, right? There was a moment when everyone was asking, where is the money coming from? Where are all these streaming services coming from? Who is buying all this IP? And whenever you catch yourself asking a question like that, that's a sign that eventually something's going to pop. Yeah, And that doesn't mean everybody's going to pop, but you know, it, some things just aren't sustainable, sadly. Mm, yeah. So we're going to see more of that in 23, I'm afraid. Uh, probably so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a weird fear of recession that's floating around for the economy mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. It's so. not weird. So the next story on our list, dear listeners, is sadly kind of a eulogy for something great that has passed. Um uh, Comixology, which was bought by Amazon years ago, finally got fully folded into Kindle and um, probably due to, in, perhaps due to the necessities of the API or quite frankly, probably more likely because of internal politics, a lot of the better features of the Comixology app are just, they're just gone. The functionalities. Not where it was. Well, if you go to comicsology.com, you just get directed to the Kindle page. Yeah. 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 And, but the, it's not only yeah. that, but it's that the separate reader technology that Comicsology had and had developed specifically for mm-hmm. comics is gone and you're just reading your things through the, Kindle app, which is just... They, they have improved it, though. They have. It, it has they gotten, have. It's slowly, it has gotten better. It has slowly I've, gotten I've better, but it it's not as yeah. good. And it's always a disappointment when someone goes to the they fixed it, now it's broken place. Yeah. You know? And they... they The, the Comixology.com was a repository of mm. information. Yeah. It all went there. It yes. had credits. It had synopsis. It mm. had cover art. It had previews. It had free comics. So much information. It had so much great information there. And it's gone. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gone as a gone. standalone service. It's a part of Amazon, part of Kindle. Yeah. Kindle. And, and um, all of those auxiliary data is gone, yeah. too. I mean, I guess you could go to archive.org, yeah. but there's not going to no, be any new updates. Be. 
capped off, of course, by the departure uh, a couple of months later. I think the 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 absorption was announced in January. Or February. Yeah, I mean it happened at the end of twenty yeah twenty one, but uh, mm-hmm. really rolled out over twenty two. Yeah. I think yeah. I think uh, the, the migration happened at the end of January, mm-hmm. and then soon after David Steinberg David departed Steinberg and Chip Mosier left. Yeah. After that, and well, I mean, um, his baby got dissolved. Yeah. What was left yeah. for him? Yeah. Well, listen, I will say this. Speaking of 23, I mean, David is still going to comics events. We were hanging mm-hmm. out in San Diego a bit. And he's not working on this initiative that he was initially. Not for Amazon, not for no. Amazon, but, yeah. uh, you know, everybody, so everybody sees him and Chip hanging yeah. out together at cons and I yeah. know they like each other. Thick but as thieves. Thick as thieves. And I, I mean, obviously they are working on some new project together. Mm. Is it comics related? Um, probably most probably most probably most most likely yeah (laughs) so we will see we will see we shall see there will be more More to come on that come yeah all right uh next on the list well um in times of financial crisis um in a time when um employees are facing inflation and uh and maybe just reevaluating the place uh how they're working lives function we've seen unionization come to uh to uh, various parts of publishing and to the comics industry in particular uh this past year we saw the staffs at image comics and at seven seas um uh, basically apply for unionization and get certification mm-hmm. yeah yep. uh, i think in seven seas case it was voluntary there was it mm-hmm. was so overwhelming yeah. the staff was so overwhelmingly in favor of it uh, that ownership actually, uh, you know, went along with it uh, yeah. without forcing, I think, a I union d- vote. You know, there was a continuing unionization move throughout pop, pop, cult, uh, pop culture companies. I think it had an even bigger impact among video game companies mm, because yeah. A, they yeah. hire, they employ a lot more people. Um, and they're in production. I mean, yeah. you know, the hours, uh, in video game production are legendarily awful. And, uh, you know, more and yeah. more video game companies are getting unionized in some way. And that's, uh, it's and huge. hopefully and it'll help with Harper, crunch culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. it's true HarperCollins employees are still on strike. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, 250, um, editorial, production, all kinds of workers. What uh, can we do to support them, Calvin? Uh, you can probably go to their website and make a donation of some mm-hmm. kind. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know the name of the union, but you'll be easy to Google and find it. Uh, it's really an unusual, um, uh, it's an unusual effort in the book industry, uh, but they actually have had this union at, at Harper for many decades. Yeah. So, uh, definitely unions are back, baby. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that'll be a story in 2020 yes. through the, uh, the contract negotiations, which we have not heard anything from. Yeah. Either of these on where, no. what, what are the status no. of the negotiations. Uh, so, so another, more to come. yeah, more to come. Uh, another big story, uh, was the rise of webtoons through via webtoon and tapas and some other sites. A lot of Chinese web comics portals are coming to the United States. Yep. They're launching mm-hmm. here. Uh, these are incredibly popular. I was doing it's another podcast. I do cheat on you guys. I do do other podcasts. <laughs> And, uh, with, uh, Jimmy Aquino and, uh, Ricky Serrano, who was one of my writers, who's also a teacher, and Webtoons came up, and he mentioned that in his school, he teaches at a, a school in Brooklyn, uh, like high school, he said that they actually banned Webtoons, like they blocked it because <laughs> kids were spending so much time reading Webtoons. 
Um, and I, I, you know, anytime I see teenagers, they know what Webtoons is. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, for the three of us who do not have, you know, teen children in our orbit, uh, might just be unaware of how huge it is, but yeah. it is huge. It's huge. I'm, I'm aware of how huge it is, but I am only aware of how huge it is to adults, mm. which is quite huge enough. It, <laughs> I'm sure it's even larger with teens. It is yeah. really big. And with success, is coming controversy. Uh, Leanne Kresick, uh, M. Kresick, then M. Kresick, who does Let's Play, uh, which is on Webtoon, announced that she would not be bringing the next season to Webtoon, and she did not give the reasons, but uh, it sounded like there were disputes. And really, uh, the contracts, the payment, you know, it's user-generated content, which is getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. still. Yep, yep. Uh, so there's a lot of questions about that and just, you know, who's getting paid. Transparency yeah. over what the data yeah. means seems yeah. to be. The, the, they, these are online comics. We know how many people are reading them, how many people are visiting the sites. There seems to be a big conflict over getting real data, creators getting real data uh, about the traffic that they get and how much money they're supposed to earn from Yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this will undoubtedly be Big story in 23 for sure story. because yeah. uh, the invasion is here and, um, you know, I think it's going to have, I mean, we talked about DC did Webtoon comic that was very successful. You know, Marvel is producing comics for Webtoon from it. But I, I think we're just going to see more and more uh, franchises pivot to this this format because it is where the young readers are. Well, I mean, I feel like it is finally possibly what has cracked the code of a replacement for the floppy. Mm. I think this is the replacement for the floppy. Because it's all serials. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it, it fits that serialization with a monetization method before coming to a print graphic novel collection. That if you want something that is mobily accessible for all the people who don't go to comic shops, for all the people who are, are quote-unquote casual fans, but not so casual that they won't read it or buy it. Um, you know, this is this is it. This is the new serialized format. Doesn't mean that the floppy will go away, but we hadn't... I mean, aside from the very, very indie method of the creator-owned webcomic website, which... Is still huge. Not saying it's not, mm-hmm. but as far as discoverability and all in one placeness of the comic shop, the webtoon app is the online version. I've listened. We've been saying all along mm-hmm. that there would be a comic shop in your pocket on your yeah, cell phone. And, yeah, and, this is it. You know, and this is it. Well, you know, and listen, we talked about this that the killer app for a long time, and it's here. Uh, it is here. Yeah, it is absolutely yep, here. Yep. Go check it out. Tapas Media. Webtoon and all the others, Tappy Tune. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a more, lot of them. More to come. And, there, and as uh, Kate mentioned, it's it's going to have an impact on the print side as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because a lot of things, for one thing, a lot of things are being imported to English first. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are um, several major graphic novels coming to us here from China which Seven Seas has licensed, which are coming out first in Webtoon format. Um, You know, you won't be seeing them in print in the United States for another six months, but you can get them on an app right now. So, you know, before we come to our actual number 10 story, I want to mention just one thing that didn't make our top 10. (laughs) But uh, it's definitely 
Warner Brothers Discovery, James Gunn and Peter well, Safran being named uh, to the t- top. I mean, I do mm. think that is going to have a big impact yeah. uh, on the languishing fortunes of DC and then, then, you know, their movies. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, it was, I, I talked about the Netflix problems up above, but oh my God, it was a banner year for comics-based properties in streaming that had been developed. I mean, Sandman fail, finally came back. Yeah, that, and, another actually big moment. Yeah, you know, oh, Heartstoppers oh, was a yeah. big hit. Um, so many uh, other other things that were out there. and um, 9A. Yeah, yeah, 9A. 9A, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, the last last issue on our list, um, but certainly not least, uh, 2022 marked the 150th anniversary of Publishers Weekly. The the book journal, the book and news magazine of book publishing and book selling. Um, uh, Our owner, dear listeners. There you go. They, 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 they are the parent over our little part of the company. Um, and as part of that, uh, the magazine looked back really over the last 25 to 30 years. Uh, and, you know, and also with some material also about, you know, how PWS functioned over many years. But part of that also was, uh, a look back at the comics category. Uh, then looking back at comics in the book trade and looking specifically at the book format. You know, another format among many, just the way Webtoon, the Webtoon webcomics format is changing comics. The book format, uh, the, the good old fashioned, uh, paper book had a tremendous issue, a tremendous impact over the comics mm-hmm. industry yeah. over the last 25 years. And I'll just read you a sentence very quickly. The transition of North American comics publishing from the traditional monthly comic book format to an emphasis on books has influenced American comic storytelling commercially and artistically. Over the last 25 years or so, the book format and the book trade have had a tremendous impact on the popularity, sales reach, and diversity of comics materials of all kinds published in the U.S. market. So go to publisherswiki.com slash comics. Uh, I, I wrote an essay called how comics gaps in that. And you know, Calvin, we were talking, you and I were talking about this before we did the podcast. And you know, proof of that was at the end of the year, uh, Obama put, did his, as he does yes. every year, he does his favorite books of the year. And on the list was Ducks by Kate yes, Beaton, a yes. graphic novel, yes. a majestic, wonderful graphic novel. I don't recall any comics being on his list. I don't, in the past. I, you he know, might have had some. He's we know that Obama guy. was comics friendly. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't you think know, they were on the list before. I don't though. think they were on the list before, but boy, what a mic drop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, it, just a, a, a historic, a historic year for Publishers Weekly, but really marked, uh, a cycle of tremendous tra- uh, change, uh, for comics in the book market. And Calvin. Yes. And on top of that yes. change, still more change. At PW. Um, yeah, yes, at PW and right here on this little – well, I, it's not going to change this podcast too yes. much. But for me personally, uh, this is a really kind of special uh, change of – life-changing moment. I am actually retiring from Publishers Weekly after like 35 years or something. I started here <laughs> in 1987, something like that. I, I, I'm bad at arithmetic, so – add it up and I'll correct it later but it's a long time uh, so I'm retiring uh, but uh, as uh, my boss Jim Elliott said 
you're retiring. You're not unemployed. <laughs> so uh, nice. that perked me up. So so I will continue to be on the podcast. I will continually continue to do a variety of things around PW on a freelance basis. Well, Kate and I can only say one thing. Yay, well, Calvin! Uh, the the appreciation from the the people I I really want to hear from the most. So yeah, well, thank you, Calvin. It means is a lot to me. Well, Calvin, you are a game changer, and uh, so much of what PW did, uh, your coverage. Obviously, you hired me here. Uh, you hired Kate here, and uh, your coverage made a difference. Absolutely, uh, what you've done for graphic novels has absolutely made a difference in the history of the medium by putting it in front of the book I- industry. You know, would it have happened? Yes, eventually. Yes, yes. but you were but he's the one who actually did it. You were the one who did it. Yes, <laughs> and you know, I, I like to think Obama putting ducks on his list is <laughs> Calvin's doing. It's you a know. secret tribute. It's a secret you know tribute. What? Yes, my president. Yes, That's my yes. president. <laughs> It's well, the head of the long tail. I'm, I'm embarrassed, but uh, thank you. I, I really do appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. Um, is that our show for this week? I guess that yeah. was, but you know, Calvin will be back in a couple of weeks, and yeah. uh, you know, it was a hell of a year. We're here, Kate and yeah, I we'll are here. Back. I we'll be back. Yeah, because there's yeah. always going to be more to come. <laughs>